I never took the fight seriously. Those sombering words of former heavyweight boxing champion Arn Mike Tyson came several weeks after arguably the greatest upset in the history of professional boxing. Around 30,000 fans crammed in the Tokyo Dome. The bell clanged and two hulking men began to pummel each other. The crowd anticipated Tyson to fight to a resounding defeat of a relatively unknown boxer named James Buster Douglas. As the rounds added up, the crowd and critics realized something was wrong. In the 10th round, a relatively unknown Buster Douglas defeated a battered and staggering Iron Mike by knockout after he knocked Tyson to the canvas for the first time in Tyson's storied career. The boxing world was stunned, but the defeated heavyweight champion realized it was his own fault. I was out of shape, more or less, Tyson said in a New York Times article in March 1990. I let myself get too heavy before the fight. I lost 25 pounds in Japan in the last month before the fight. It was too much. I fell into sloppy habits. And Douglas beat an out-of-shape guy who didn't properly prepare. This is Daniel Orton, and welcome to the Stay Podcast. Here, my purpose is to strengthen the apostolic life. Welcome back to the Stay Podcast. I am, again, a week late, but as you guys know, we are kind of had some crazy going on in our world, and um, with the closing of one church, and now it looks like we're going forward with the other one. We are attempting to find a new normal, so once I get there, maybe I'll get back to recording once a week again. But with that said, um, I want to start with a quote from Lao Cha, I believe is how you say it, if I remember correctly. He said this, there's no greater danger than underestimating your opponent. And... um, I'm not by myself here today. I have my son, Jake Orton, with me. He's been on here a time or two. And he also has a podcast called Peculiar and another one called, he co-hosts with his sister and brother-in-law called Reality Speaks. So anyway, the whole reason I got him on here, today we're going to be talking about underestimating. And really, it's... The extent of underestimating your um, your enemy, kind of like the quote that I just gave you. There's no greater danger than underestimating your opponent. Um, Jacob preached a sermon at uh, the church plant in Marion. Matter of fact, it is the last sermon on the um, Harvest House podcast. If you go. I'll put a link in there to where you actually go listen to that. I actually went back and listened to it once again today. He entitled the sermon, I'm Done. But in the midst of the sermon, he got to talking about uh, who the real enemy was in our life. And I think a challenge that so many people have in their battle of trying to keep themselves where they need to be in church is they underestimate the real enemy in our life and they think that everyone else is their enemy and that I think that causes a lot of issues so 
Uh, with all that said, um, I really didn't give ja- I kind of give Jake a little idea of what I was going to talk about. He's got his notes. Plenty of his, notes he's out got in front his of me. notes. I got everything in front of me. <laughs> he has his notes from his sermon. He's got his notes uh, from some journal where he's working on some things for his own podcast. <laughs> I think we go on this subject. So, oh, yeah. And so we're doing a little bit of winging here. I'm going to depend on him and our us feeding off each other. So, with that said, let me start it off like this. I, I'm going to shoot a question and you can just kind of, we can go take it wherever, but. Uh, why do you think so many people um, underestimate the devil, our enemy in our life, and just, um, I don't know, don't think that he's, don't see that he's real or something. I don't know. Just yeah, feed I, off that. I mean, it's it's an old, there's an old quote that says the greatest lie that the devil ever told was to convince people that he didn't exist. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I, one thing, I, I've heard a lot of people say this when it comes to people who are in church, that we have an easier time believing that there's a devil than we have believing that there's angels a lot of times. We we are... Um, yeah, I, I heard... Brother Jimmy Tony talking about it last night. He was teaching a series to his church about spiritual warfare, and he said this. He said, uh, "The way that we talk about God and the way we talk about the devil is so very different. We talk about, oh, they're devil possessed, and then we talk mm-hmm. about, uh, then we talk about God, and we say he accepted Jesus into his heart. Well, and we, but at the same time." We make him sound so powerful, but we don't live our lives like the devil is is powerful. Yeah, I think that's it. I'm just talking. We 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 have this idea, but we don't live this way in our day to day life. It's like we believe these this big powerful being out there, but to really bring him down to where we're at, we're having we struggle believing that. Oh, he can really cause me that much issue. Let me read this story I found. Uh, it kind of goes along with it. It's a story told of a boxer who was being badly beaten in a match. He leaned over to his trainer and yelled, Throw in the towel. This guy's killing me. His tra- trainer yelled back, He is not. He's not even hitting you. He hasn't even laid a glove on you. The day's boxer said, Then I wish you would watch that referee because someone sure is hitting me. <laughs> and it's almost like... That's how we do right now. We we want to blame it on, you know, blame it on pastors. We're blaming it on spouses. We blame it on kids. Something from the past, some fear of the future. Yeah, that's a whole lot of it. And there's something I, I this didn't make it in the message. This came out while I was studying for something that's going to be mentioned on the podcast soon. Uh, where I'm talking about... The way I opened the message was I was talking about churches are made of people and people bring problems. Yeah. And we come up with this idea that our real problem is people. Uh, we talk about we can't go to that church because so-and-so is there, or this person's there, or that person's there. You were literally on the phone with someone about it the other day. Oh, yeah. I can't go to that church because my ex goes there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, 
but we we come up with this idea oh I can't live for God because so and so hurt me I can't live for God because man I just can't put down that habit or whatever but the truth is people are not our biggest problem our own human flesh is not our biggest problem yeah. because from Genesis one twenty seven on people had flesh from Genesis 2.22 on, people had people to deal with. But we didn't sin until Genesis chapter 3. Yeah. So the real truth is, when the devil comes in, people don't sin until the devil shows up. Yeah. So I don't know how we can possibly say that our big issue is people or even our own self. Yes, absolutely. People lead us to sin uh the devil was not necessary for adam to sin (laughs) yeah uh but something had to mess up the status quo and that's what the devil does the devil messes up the little level-headedness in our mind uh i'm i'm not gonna say that if that Obviously, the devil wasn't necessary for the devil to fall. Yeah. (laughs) So, I'm not out here saying that the devil is our only problem. No, by no means. I mean, John mentions the the (laughs) things that we fight. You know, love not... um, Oh, gosh, I went blank. Uh, Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. Yeah, things that are in the world. Pride of life, lust the eyes so forth and I went brain dead on that one for a second but anyway yeah. hopefully you uh, Bible readers out there will yeah. get me fixed on that but yeah I think that's it we have we do have our biggest enemy I believe is Satan and he plays off this flesh that we have yeah and the scripture which you did use in your sermon in Ephesians which is um that wrestle we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, we we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And I I remember when Brother Donnie um, passed away in twenty twenty from the Marian Church. He was fasting, trying to get his wife back. She had left him, and he was trying to get her back. And he he said many times, "I wish I could just punch." Punch the devil, you know, but it's not that kind of fight, you know. Yeah. So you have to fight it in a different kind of way, and I think that's maybe why people don't realize it. Yeah. Uh, and we we come up with our explanations for what we're dealing with, and it's like we don't want to believe that there's a spiritual explanation for life. Yeah. And that can go both ways. Honestly, we don't just underestimate the enemy. We even we are underestimating God. Yeah, and because we're underestimating God, if we if we would just believe God is who He says He is, uh, then it might not be a problem that we don't believe the devil is who He says He is. And I did something, you know, when I was looking at some things about this. I think the underestimation of the devil and even God causes us to overestimate ourselves. Yes. And that creates a huge problem. And I think that's why people, um, we maybe, I don't know, it causes people to rely on their own self and 
you you talked about it in your sermon about how you know with the twelve step program people can defeat alcohol and people can uh, defeat a lot of these issues that we deal with. Yes, but yeah. that still doesn't defeat the enemy. I mean, it's the truth that. Uh, we have come up with our own solution for how to beat. Uh, I, I heard someone talking about this earlier today. He said that uh, he was talking about growing up most of his life as an atheist. And he said that because that, he he had this idea that the way the world was supposed to work. And he would have his arguments with Christians and try to convince them that there was no God. And he'd say... Oh, well, back in the day, they couldn't come up with a scientific reason for thunderstorms, so they believed it was a god. Yeah. And they uh, said that the sun rose in the morning and uh, set at night because there was, uh, be- there was some god that was birthed and then eaten at the end of the day or something. And he said, that, that- so as we've grown and we've learned all these scientific discoveries, we really don't even need a god anymore. Yeah. We don't need a devil anymore. Because now we know all this. And he ended up talking about later on, he said, there are not many total atheists in our world. And there are not many totally biblical Christians in our world. Yeah, Most people exist somewhere in the middle. They're Christians, but they live their lives like atheists. They live like Christian atheists. Yeah. Because we don't... they're, they're Christians, but they, they don't tend to think of, oh, God, this, or Satan, that. And they, they don't think about the fact that, you know, your depression could be an attack of the enemy. Uh-huh. Your anxiety could be an attack of the enemy. Maybe you need to, I, I heard preachers talk about it, said, honestly, if you're feeling depressed, that is a draw that God uses to go and intercede if you are feeling anxiety you could just have you now know that the devil is attacking and you should pray against the spirit of fear and pray against this and pray against that because that is something that god can use to get you closer to him but instead you're using it as an excuse to figure out how can i fix this yeah um i think brother bobby wade talked about some of that stuff and so many times we we feel these, speaking from a Christian aspect, and even somebody who ministers in the Spirit, but yet attempts to minister in the Spirit, yet they're unlearned, is we may be around somebody that is feeling depression, or maybe around somebody that's feeling anger, and God is trying to, um, I heard Brother Wade, he said it this way, God is just trying to let you pick up on that feeling, to be able to maybe help that person like a discerning spirit. But instead of that, we own it. Yeah. And the next thing you know, we're angry or we're depressed or we're suicidal or something like that. And even worse than that, we start saying it as, and he was the one that said this, we start calling it my depression. Yeah. My anxiety, my anger issues, my baggage or whatever else yeah i i think that we we live in such a time where we have so many shows out there and things that people watch that i think they have um 
I don't know. I guess they look at spirituality as it's something spooky or something mystical or maybe even something that's you only see on television or make believe. On top of that, this is even a worse picture. People who think that the devil is powerful. Some may even think that he's more powerful than God. But what they're underestimating is not Satan's power, but his feelings towards you. Yes. He. The idea that the devil is fun, the devil uh, wants to give you whatever you desire if you'll just serve me. Honestly, that is what we read in the temptation. Yeah. Uh, there's those people who are like, hey, if I will uh, find some way to get in touch with the spirit world, then I can have whatever I want. Yeah, I think we run at a whole lot, and then people just... <sighs> Gosh. Yeah. I don't know which is more dangerous, honestly. The idea that the devil is powerful, but he isn't your enemy? Or the idea that the devil is nothing at all? <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's the old story of um, the tale of the, of the guy picking up the snake because he was cold and convinced him, oh, pick me up, I'm your friend. And then once the snake got in his pocket and warmed up, he bit him. He was like, oh, what'd you do that for? I was helping you. Well, you knew I was a snake when you picked me up. Um, a lot of people, I think, I think the society has got to this place where I think it, I don't remember who it was, Ted Turner that made the big spill about hell that time. Oh, we're going to have a grand time. And I've heard many people talking about, oh, in hell, we're going to do this and that. And I don't think people realize how much Satan hates us. Because the truth of the matter is, we are setting in his position. We are the ones that is setting in his position. And that's why he hates us. He doesn't care nothing about our family. He is ruthless. He will destroy you in any manner he can. If he gets you and your spouse, you and your kids, you and anybody fighting, he just uses ruthless measures. And I think so much people just underestimate everything that's going on. Is I, I said it a while ago, but I think what people's got to realize is when you look at Ephesians 6, in 12 where it says for we wrestle not against flesh and blood and that would be humanity we deal with it but we don't necessarily as you said i think if the devil wasn't there we probably wouldn't have that battle because as you said adam and eve were created just like what we were but until the devil came and presented that temptation we don't even hear nothing about it yeah but we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against what principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. That tells us, I've heard many people talk about it, how they're, they're it's organized, rulers. So there's rulers and um, these high places. We see that that's, it's organized. It's put together. Yeah. Somebody like, well, well does, does the devil really think about it like that? Again, I went back and listened to your sermon again, and you was talking about how, well, you're this age now, but the devil's seen that 
maybe you lied to your mom at five years old and you think, oh, they did it then, let's try it again. He'll tempt you in the areas that he sees your weaknesses. Yeah. Talk about that. It's kind of like, think about this, like, you hear about salesmen who keep notes. They're like, okay, so I've got this particular client and I know they like this type of music. I know this type of stuff. I know they like this type of food. If I come to them and say, hey, let's go to this restaurant. They're already going to be in a good mood and I'll be more likely to be able to sell my stuff. Yeah. And the devil knows you. There's, uh, we hear about the familiar spirit. He's been following you around your entire yeah. life. Uh, the place where I heard that, uh, I believe it was, um, oh Lord, I'm drawing a blank here. The preacher, uh, oh Lord, learning to linger. Oh, Joe Campitella. Campitella. Joe yeah. Campitella. Joe Campitella. He was talking about it. He said, the devil's not going to tempt me with crack cocaine because I've never even thought about that. Yeah. He's going to tempt me with something different. In my case, I know exactly what it is. Yeah. That, that my temptation is not going to be to go off and drinking and partying. That's just not my lifestyle. Yeah. There are other people who are stronger Christians than me, who are have better connections with God than me, who are mighty men of God and preachers, who he probably could tempt them with those things. Because that's where they came from. That's where they came from, yeah. Uh, but the key is this. We've got to realize at all times, what are you going to do when... Satan knew how to attack Job. Yep. He attacked him in all the places where he thought would make him fall. He attacked literally everything that he could have attacked. And in the end, I dare say, he very well could have beaten Job. I think he came close. Yeah. Because by the end of the book... Job is indeed questioning God. Job is indeed wondering, uh, saying, I wish I had never been born, and all these things. But in the end, the one thing he never did was curse God and die. Yeah. He, he never did let go of his integrity, even though all the things that he did hold dear were gone, pretty much. But in the end, he said, the one thing that Job still held on to was, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, yes, Satan's watching you. Satan is going to go after you. And what he's going to try is what's worked before. So that means we need to build up barriers around the places that we know were weak. Absolutely. we got to build them up. And I think a place that people underestimate is the importance of, um, I will say, 
there's many more areas, but these three areas, prayer, um, Bible, reading the Bible, putting the Bible in your, in you, and fellowship with godly people, which that primary source needs to be the house of God. Yes. And I would think, and you know, you think about the scripture that says the devil as a roaring lion seeketh whom he may devour. He's looking, he's watching. And even when somebody's at the church, uh, he watches what, that's the thing, I think the devil, we underestimate, we think, oh, you made mention in your sermon how people just call him, oh, he's a, just a dumb devil. Well, he was dumb for what he'd done in heaven, but he is very sly. He's very smart. And he, when you're at church and he sees you playing around on your phone. He sees you goofing off, not taking serious. Um, and he sees you not respond to uh, preaching. And he's, he's watching this stuff. As you said, he's taking notes. He's he's marking it down. Just like the line. That line will probably outrun dozens of antelopes to get to that one antelope he's been watching. Because he knows if I can get to that one, I've been watching it. He's not been, he's not been feeding like he should be. He's not been going to water hole. He's a little bit weak. I've seen him a little gimpy. I'm going after that one. He's going to pass up a dozen before he ever gets to that one, because mm -hmm. that's the one he's been watching. We underestimate his slyness and what he does, and that's why it's so important, as you said. If you struggle with, um, if your person struggles with pornography, as I know some people, well. You don't need to have any means to that. It'll mess you up. I dare say. You don't even... You you know you. You know your limits. But I dare say you would probably want to go even beyond what makes sense to other people. Absolutely. It's not just put an, a blocker on your... It's not just put a blocker on your, uh, on your devices... A filter that says you can't get to these websites because there are some websites out there that aren't uh, porn sites or whatever else there are things out there that they can get stuff past censors they know how to do it they're just social media sites yeah uh, but they're so on the line or Maybe they're not even on the line. Maybe they're past the line, but they are able to sneak around. I I know there are ways out there in this world to make things. If you want it, if you want something, you can find a way around your own barriers. Oh, absolutely. It's like uh, those iPhone users, they set this time limit thing on there so you can set... Oh, whatever time on on Facebook or whatever your social media flavor is, and then it pops up your time limit. All you gotta do is snooze for a minute, snooze for fifteen minutes, snooze the rest of the day. And the, but the best way to do that stuff is eliminate it. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you're struggling with something, you've got to be willing to eliminate how bad do you want it how bad do you want to say with it? I, I heard a story told several years ago um it's an old story and whether it's true or not i have no idea but this guy was wanting to hire 
a new carriage driver. And so we had these three different people to try out. They done it at this place where there was a, a cliff. So this first guy got up. He got probably 20 or 30 feet from the cliff like he was trying to get as close as he could and drive that that wagon and them horses. And the next guy got up there and he just took it right along the edge of the hill, of the cliff, where he looked like he's about to fall off. But then the third guy got up there and he got as far as he could away from the cliff. And the other guy says, what do you, why did you do that for? He said, I'm not no fool. I know what I'm going to be packing in this carriage and I'm not going to see how close I can get to that edge. I want them to know how much I appreciate uh, what's in that uh, wagon and I'm going to protect it and take care of it. He's the one who got the job. So it's not a, about how close we can get to the edge, it's, but how close, how, how precious is this thing that we're packing? Yeah, absolutely. The real truth of the matter is that we don't want to get too close to the edge. No, not at all. Because uh, I, I heard someone talking about, uh, you mentioned the roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, said, you want to make sure you're not the one at the back of the herd. You may not be the one at the front of the herd, but you want to make sure you're not the one at the back. Yeah. Uh, the 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 uh, the joke go the joke goes. I don't have to be faster than a bear. I just got to be faster than you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that you, you know, good old Dave Ramsey's uh, illustration about being gazelle intense because yeah. he saw the illustration where he was watching that documentary and it's a when the cheetah comes, the gazelle runs top speed. And one person called into his show. He said, hey, I finally paid off all my debt. I'm not living quite gazelle any, intense anymore, but I am going about like a white-tailed deer. <laughs> and yeah. He, he said, oh, yeah, I understand what you mean there. Because basically, it's like, I don't have to do quite so much anymore because I've outrun that enemy. Now it's a different enemy. And I, I still, but basically he's saying, I still realize I have an enemy and I don't want to get there again. And I, I think that's the thing we got to make sure as a child of God is trying to live for him, for God, is we cannot underestimate um, the power of the devil and the weakness of your flesh. Yeah. Because those two combos together is nothing but a... Failure waiting to happen. If you're, and, and there's only, you know, again, I go back to what I said. Prayer. Um, let, let, let's, before I go, let's just say this. So, we talked a few minutes here about, about the enemy, but how do we combat that? How do we go against the enemy, this, to keep from being, to keep from underestimating the devil and the weakness of our flesh. What are some measures? I mentioned some things earlier, you know, prayer, the Bible, and, you know, good godly fellowship, apostolic church. I think it's why people, they they underestimate the importance of going to church. And they just think they can miss any time they want. Mm-hmm. It's so important. So, honestly, that's that's the real truth of not being the gazelle at the back of the herd. The not being the antelope at the back of the herd is if you're in the middle, connected with all the other ones, 
if you're connected with other people. Uh, I mean, honestly, the real truth is Job. He still winds up, whether his community was the best community or not, he clearly had community in his yeah. life. Uh, and in the end, one of them was still standing out in the midst and saying, y- all you guys are wrong. Yeah. And he still kept people in his life. And what ends up turning things around for Job, it ends up saying, when he prayed for his friends. Yeah. No, obviously it wasn't all great. It wasn't all perfect. And we notice that when the disciples, when Jesus is in the grave, don't disconnect from each other. Yeah. Peter and John go to the temple where Jesus is being tried and everything. All this stuff's going on. People are still staying connected. Yeah. When the attack comes, people are staying connected. Um, Also, uh, right after we hear that Satan is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, and we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We... The the follow up to we do not wrestle against flesh and blood is therefore yeah. take up the whole armor of God, stand having your loins skirt about with truth. We hear the whole armor of God run down, and at the rundown after we hear all the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the preparation of the gospel of peace, shoes of peace, uh, belt of truth, all those things there it gets to the end and pray always with all prayer and supplication be watchful with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me that utterance may be given me that may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel so pray have on righteousness have on truth have all those things and have perseverance that you're going to stick through this thing no matter what. Yeah, I think that's that is a powerful thing is is the armor of God. And that's a that is a powerful prayer brother um, Mark Brown taught that and I've I've taken that and I've used it to teach the the church and in my own prayers is you know go through a prayer that that you put on that armor. And but that is uh, you know, as you was talking in your sermon, you went through that, uh, through the armor of God. And, you know, the first thing it talks about there is truth. And we underestimate the uh, the fact of how important truth is in our life. And we underestimate the fact that we need truth in life. And because according to biblical history, the truth, with, you know, being the belt, it holds everything together. Mm-hmm. But that's that's how it all is. It, you know, I was listening to Kingdom Speaks. I think it was Kingdom Speaks. Yeah. Talking about um, how the building was fitly framed together. And this thing is supposed to be designed where things just fit together. I think, as a matter of fact, somebody was talking about a church that night at uh, Star Bethlehem, how um, talking about the gifts and such or whatever, but I, th- I think it needs to be in such a way that if we can put this thing together, 
it'll all come together just the right right way and you put this armor on you you pray you seek God and put the word somebody was talking about the I don't know who it was the other day. They was talking about it. It seemed like it was in church. Listen to a lot of preaching podcasts. So I get some of that blurred up. Mm-hmm. But somebody was talking about the importance of the Holy Ghost and everything. But the truth of the matter is, and the Holy Ghost is important. I, I was looking at this scripture in Jude a while ago, and it says, But ye beloved, Jude one twenty. but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. It is so important to be filled with His Spirit. And not just have prayers that's give me, give me, give me prayers. But we learn how to pray in the Holy Ghost. But with that said, the spirit without the word is not as effective. Yeah. Because Jesus did use the word Mm -hmm. in the temptations on the mountain. Yeah. And that that honestly is a uh, interesting thought there when you're going through that I was thinking of that idea that those people who think the devil he 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 he's offering good things yeah it sounds good and even uh, as it was pointed out he's going to he he's fully able to twist the word <laughs> he's fully able to twist the word and make it look good uh he, he can do that. He can make it all look good. Uh, yeah, Jesus is hungry and Satan appears to him and he knows exactly what Jesus is hungry for. <laughs> yeah. and But he's able to respond, it is written. And he tries again and he, Satan throws in, it is written. <laughs> yeah. And Jesus said, no, that's out of context. It's it's written. And he goes back and forth, but he's not able to get through because he knows the word. <laughs> exactly. Well, he is the word. He, he is, is the, the word. word. But if you go back to that very beginning scenario of when these two humans on this earth and there was no issues until the devil come along. He was fully able to twist it. And what did he do? He twisted the word. So you can't underestimate the fact that Prayer, it brings in the relationship with God. Yep. Praying in the Holy Ghost. And then the Word of God, which is God. Which I think it was Brother Jesse I was talking to about that. Somebody was talking about the Holy Ghost. And I said, yeah, the Holy Ghost is very important. But uh, also the Word becomes our governor. It becomes our conscience. It's becomes, yeah. it it no, is I, what, I, it's, it's talking about remembering. It's what. The Holy Ghost reminds you of what the Word says. Lead you and guide you into all truth. It, it reminds you of what the 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 Holy Ghost will prick you and say, "Now, don't don't you remember? You can't do that. This the Word says this, and if you don't have that Word in there, it's hard for the Holy it's Ghost hard to be reminded of something you've never exactly. Read. It's hard to be reminded of something you never had. So you can't underestimate the importance of the Word, the importance of praying. And um, again, I, I go back to the importance of the house of God. After 17 years of pastoring, um, as most of you, if you listened to the last podcast, if you didn't go back and listen to it, I've been pastoring two churches for the last two years, and we made a hard decision to, to close the church plant in Marion. 
And to be honest with you, one of the reasons I think that it became came to that place of closure was not only the deaths that we endured, but there was people that underestimated the importance of what that building was. Yes. That underestimated the importance of coming and showing up to church and being a part of the church. And when you underestimate the important things of God, you also underestimate the power of your enemy. Mm-hmm. And then that's a recipe for disaster. If you skip out on that meeting, all coming together, you're going to miss the opportunity for being informed of what's coming up. You're going to miss the opportunity for warnings you could end up getting there. Yeah. Instruction, training. And um, we didn't open... Equipping and strengthening. We, we've not talked about this, but um, those of you who are listening to this, you have done, you have done heard me read my opening. But it was in something that was in the UPCI Sunday School here a while back, talking about Mike Tyson when he lost his first fight to uh, Buster Douglas, James Buster Douglas. And basically, that's what he ran into is... Um, Mike Tyson, it, it, this is the words he said in March 1990. So I let myself get too heavy before the fight. I lost 25 pounds in Japan. And the last month before the fight, it was too much. He said, I fell into sloppy habits. And Douglas basically beat out an out-of-shape guy who did not prepare properly. Yeah. And if we're not careful, over, over time, that stuff, we stopped doing the things that leads us to where we need to be. After a while, we think, oh, I've, I've got this prayer stuff down. I've got this Bible reading down. And that's one reason I've determined every year I'm going to read the Bible through. And every year I find something new. And I know a lot of times it becomes a checklist, but... I mean, honestly... It's uh, still so important. The simple fact is, um, at the beginning of 2021... I, uh, or at the end of 2000 and yeah, at the end of 2021, I was down 40 pounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was down 40 pounds. I've lost 40 pounds, but good old weight watchers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I allowed this to become an excuse and this to become an excuse and this to become an excuse. And now it comes around it. The app's still on my phone. I'm still paying them money, but I'm I'm down to only five pounds below that. <laughs> so you've gained thirty five back. Gained so thirty five back completely. because stopped using it, stopped checking in, stopped doing, stopped doing weekly check ins, stopped doing daily logging. You know, people who just stop going to church weekly and stop doing a daily check in with God. Yeah, it, it, you're gonna find. Hey, I still come to church every once in a while. Sounds a whole lot like I still I'm I'm still not up to two twenty two again. You um, you made mention that we was talking about how you know the closing of the the Harvest House, the Marion Church. It's probably been a two year process, maybe a little longer. Mm-hmm. And um, but. It seemed like 
we went on about a three week area there to where we we were realized okay something uh, something's fixing to change something's fixing to shift and I was talking with just me and you were talking about how just like boom boom it happened and you was making mention of what somebody made the quote at that time about that somebody asked them how they went bankrupt and it was slowly and then all at once and then all at once and it's the same thing that happened to Samson. Yeah. It was slowly, but then all at once. Samson kept taking for granted, underestimating the fact that, oh, I know I was told not to do this, but I got away with it. Yeah. I, I know I shouldn't have been uh, messing with that harlot or that that person, but I still was able to pick up the job on a donkey and kill these thousand people. I know I shouldn't have been here or there, but it finally, what happens if you continue to underestimate, the devil will jump on you just like he did Samson, and Samson found himself all at once because he kept underestimating the fact that there was an enemy, and he was taking for granted the things of God. If you look at it, you see glimpses in the life of Judas, but towards the beginning, he looks like any other disciple. Yeah. I I watched an interview with the guy who's playing Judas on The Chosen and people were talking about it in the comments and they said this is such an important thing to realize. When Jesus talked to the disciples and said one of you will betray me no one pointed at, Ju at Judas and said obviously that guy. No. Everyone said, said is it me? Is it me? Everyone said, is it me? Because they had no idea who it could possibly be. Because to them, Judas looked like anyone else. The only hints we get in the Bible that it's going to be Judas are the time is the time when he sp speaks up and says, what a waste. Yeah. That's the only hint we get. Because everyone just thinks, oh, he's just like us. Because he looks just yeah. like us. If I'm being honest, and I, I've said this before, I don't. This is this was kind of a controversial take I had in an episode of Reality Speaks, but I really don't think it had to be Judas that betrayed Jesus. One of them was destined to betray him. I don't think it had to be him. I mean, honestly, what's the difference between Peter and Judas? What's the difference between Thomas, who doubted? What's the difference yeah. between? James and John, who wanted to be the greatest. What's the difference between any of these guys? And ultimately, what it come down to is, you know, as I said, Peter and Peter and Judas was both of them in the last minute betrayed mm -hmm. him. Uh, <coughs> Judas with the the money, but Peter walked away and denied him. Yeah. But the difference was Peter went and wept bitterly, and they both wept bitterly, but one repented and one didn't. Yes. So, uh, I mean, and if honestly, watching The Chosen, at the, half the time, it looks like it could be any of them. Absolutely. And that's, uh, you know, I, that's <laughs> one thing that I think that show has portrayed the humanity of, uh, of people. And honestly, it's one thing that has made it so controversial is that exactly. it's made people look human. <laughs> it's made people look human, and we. You know, we, we we don't like the idea that the people in the Bible are just like us. Uh huh. 
<laughs> we want to make them superhuman. The truth of the matter is, the only thing that made them superhuman was the Holy Ghost. And that's all we've seen written of it. And somebody to take that liberty and write that to show the humanity is, I mean, it's really where we're at with this, with what we're saying in this today is when we underestimate the, the flesh of ourselves and the power of the enemy, you are going to have a hard time. So, oh goodness, I guess we probably need to hush. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe continue this at another time so you can carry it on to your podcast. So, any last words on this? Basically, the, the simple truth is this. We cannot at any point think that we can make this thing without trying. Yeah. We cannot decide that it's a coasting thing. We cannot... It is so easy to decide... I got Jesus, so it's all going to be good. I got Jesus on my side. I've got, I I pray every morning. I read my Bible. I do my little checklist. I sing my little songs at church. I clap my hands. Maybe I even speak in tongues. But it's so easy to just let it slip away. And that is so true. Yeah. And I'll I'll end this with... uh, this quote I heard Brother Terry Shock said, he said, your ministry will not drift into success. You're not going to drift into it. If you're going to uh, make it, it's going to be because you buckle down and you realize there's a devil to fight and there's a, there is a humanity flesh person that you've got to crucify. So, All right, thanks for listening. This uh, is always a little longer with a uh, guest on here. We appreciate Jake and being on here with us today. Thank you for listening again. Please like, share, and rate this podcast if you don't care. So I'll put the I'll put a link to Jake and Sermon I'm Done in the show notes. Go listen to that if you can. So God bless everybody. I hope to see you next week. Thank you for listening today. If anything you have heard today in this podcast has helped you, why don't you share it? with someone you know, a friend or family member. And also consider rating and following us as well. Hope you have a great day. God bless you.